Hello, Devin Wilkins. Hi there, Simon Trevoranis. How are you? I'm doing really well. Good. And, and hello to everybody out there. Yes, and welcome to Insight Peterborough, which is a, a project of the uh, Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Blind and... And the Council for Persons with Disabilities. Yes. Um, well, um, we're going to be talking with a young lady from the... Uh, local office of the Canadian Mental Health Association and um, we actually have some music uh, by someone who has identified as having a mental illness. Who have we got there, Simon? We've got Bare Naked Ladies and Jane. So Steve Page is the one who has uh, was uh, had identified himself in May. So here he is with Jane.
That's a classic. Yes. Yeah, I like that one. Well, um, hi, uh, Ride Don't Hide is an event that is coming up this weekend, and it is being uh, presented by the uh, Canadian Mental Health Association. And with us to chat with us about that is Katie McIntosh, right? I got the right last name. You sure did. <laughs> okay. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's your title with the uh, CMHA? I'm the communications officer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's great. So is this uh, Ride Don't Hide um, local event or is it being run nationally? It's actually a national event. So in all provinces across Ontario, there will be rides in all different cities. So it's a really large-scale event. <laughs> what do you mean a ride? Is it motorcycles or bicycles? Or? It's a cycling event, so bicycles. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And it is uh, to raise money for a um, uh, something for uh, suicide survivors or su survivors of, of people who have committed suicide. Is that right? Correct. So our branch, CMHA HKPR, will be raising funds for a new Survivors of Suicide group. Um, there's nothing like this in the area right now, so it's really needed. And it'll be for individuals who have experienced a similar loss or trauma to get together and find support together. So uh, each of the uh, cities that is running one of these can raise funds for their own projects? That's correct, yes. Ah, okay. Yeah. Is this a new thing? Ride Don't Hide, this is our fourth annual year doing it. So. Oh. oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you've certainly uh, uh, had it on the uh, various radio stations <laughs> quite a bit uh, this year because I hadn't heard of it before. And when I heard about it this year, I, I thought, well, we better uh, get on the bandwagon and uh, <laughs> help with the uh, promotion. Well, thank you. But, uh, are you a cyclist, Katie? I am not. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe this you're gonna you're gonna participate in this obviously. Um, I actually won't be at the ride this year, uh, uh, but my colleagues will be. So. Oh my ah, gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and it's on Sunday. It is. It's on this Sunday coming up, June 23rd, and we'll be in Lindsay at Old Mill Park, and here in Peterborough at Nichols Oval. Okay. Yeah. And what time does it start? starts at 9 a.m. The rides, there's three different rides here in Peterborough, so they'll roll out at different times, but we're asking everyone to be there for 8.30 to 9 a.m. for registration. Okay, 
And what kind of, uh, you said there are three different rides, what would they be? Yep, so we've got a four kilometer ride, which is great if you have children. We've got 12 kilometers and 26 kilometers, so that's here in Peterborough. And in Lindsay, we have a 10 kilometer ride and a 16 kilometer ride. Ah, okay. Lots of variety. Yeah. Um, so, um, is this a pre-register thing? So you can register now online at ridedonthide.com slash CMHAHKPR, or you can join us on the day of and register in the morning. Okay. And that's why people are asked uh, being asked to be there early. Yeah, so I definitely right. recommend coming a little bit earlier if you're planning on registering the day of. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. And will there be checkpoints along the way where people can rehydrate and that sort of thing? Yes, so we'll have um, road crossings and volunteers at all of the road crossings. And the halfway point, we'll, they'll have water and granola bars um, for the riders. Okay. Yeah. And you said this is bicycle riding? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you mention to me earlier, I think, before we came on the air that uh, people can also walk if they want to? Yeah, people can get through the ride whatever way they choose. Um, it's a cycling event, but if you prefer to walk it, it's no problem with that. Totally inclusive. Okay, yeah. Um, and are uh, people expected to um, tell you how much they're going to, to raise uh, as they register, either at the ride or... Um, uh, earlier online if they want to register that way? Yeah, so we have a website, and it is, like I said, ridedonthide.com slash CMHAHKPR, and on there you can see um, all of our top fundraisers. We have some amazing fundraisers for this event. Um, we're so grateful for them. Um, they're doing an amazing job. So there's different teams, and those teams raise money for this cause. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and where will the, the finishing point B, say, for the longest of the rides? So all the rides will loop back to Nichols Oval, so ah. they'll start and finish at the park. Um, there'll be different turnaround points along the route, so they'll know when they have to turn around and head back. Okay. Hey, now, there's a lot of hills around there. Yes. <laughs> <Very> hilly area. <laughs> this is one that walking might come in handy. Yeah. Okay. You can walk your bike. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the same with Lindsay, there are turnaround points? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That way you get to ride past the people that you started with the ones that are really quick they pass by the ones and it's always it's very nice to cheer each other on yeah that's right yeah and uh or you could say what you're still only here oh no way no it's, it's all love on the track yeah sure. everybody's so happy to see you and yeah yes oh that's good yeah all right and this this is to raise awareness for I mean, a, a general number of things we talked about at the beginning, but I wonder, could you elaborate on, on the challenge that's trying to be kind of highlighted or illustrated? Yeah, so the general idea of Ride Don't Hide on a national level was to raise awareness for mental health. Um, and locally, we are raising awareness as well as raising funds to create this new support group. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you already have a meeting point picked out for for people who uh, are, attend this group, is that right? Uh, no, the group is just going to be launched in 2020, so after uh, the ride, they'll start to set the details of the group. Ah, yeah. okay, because then they'll know how much money they have to work with. Yes. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I do hope that you'll let us know. Uh, Definitely. So we can help you uh, publicize it. 
Thank a you. little bit. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. So is this like an internship for you? No, um, it's just a, I'm on a contract. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Hmm. Well, um, who knows? Maybe the contract will be uh, extended or something like that, and you'll be with uh, CMH, uh, CMHA yep. uh, when the um, uh, group gets going. Maybe, yep. 2020, right? <laughs> eh? <laughs> Very Terrific. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Is there anything else about uh, the event or the the uh, other new and exciting things coming up that you want to talk about? Um, just want to say thank you to our amazing event sponsors. An event like this definitely couldn't be possible without them. Um, so our platinum event sponsor is Leon's Peterborough on Lansdowne. Um, thank you also to our diamond sponsors, Chorus Entertainment, The Wolf, Global Peterborough, and Fresh Radio. Um, and our other sponsors, Aeon Inc., BMO, Scotiabank, Tim Nichols Chartered Accountants, Nesbitt's Meat Market, Kortha Fitness, Smoky Joe's, and Fresh Go. Wow. This event really couldn't be possible without all of them. Yeah, yes. that's true. I feel like, well, mental health touches everybody, I yes. guess, right? Yes, yes one of those yeah. things you, everybody knows somebody yes and we all have mental health right oh yes yeah <laughs> that's right uh, as uh, you know I, I like to play music that's kind of appropriate to the discussion that we're going to be having and uh, I found uh, Lady Gaga's name and uh, as having um, identified uh, with a mental illness and uh, uh, Selena Gomez, and uh, but they were American or are American, so we wanted to find um, Canadians. <laughs> and uh, Matthew Good with the uh, Matthew Good Band is uh, another one. So uh, celebrities uh, have uh, quite a few celebrities have brushes with uh, mental illness. Mm-hmm. As do we all. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, anything else that you uh, wanted to mention? Um, we do also have prizes for our top fundraisers. So if you haven't gotten on board yet and you'd like to, go register and become a fundraiser. Um, we've got a gift basket donated by Canoe and Paddle, a gift card to Chasing the Cheese, and another gift, gift basket from CIBC, and a lot more prizes. Oh, cool. June 23rd, 2019, Ride Don't Hide. Nice. Is there anything at the end of the um, ride, like, uh, you know, are you having a barbecue or anything? Or we just are. Pick up and, oh, you are? Yeah, okay. so after the ride at about noon, once everybody's back at Nichols Oval and Old Mill Park, there'll be a barbecue, and here in Peterborough we'll have an awards ceremony to announce the top fundraisers and give them their prizes. Cool. That's yeah. great. So uh, you can uh, come back to a hearty lunch. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. A barbecue cooked by our CEO. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good. So that's uh, ride, don't hide. Dot com. Uh, dot, dot com. Yep. Right. Yeah, uh, I've got uh, it open here, folks. Oh, okay. It looks, it looks like a great website, and there's you can register, and you can, you can donate all in one spot. Terrific. Very convenient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else, Katie? I think that's it. All right. Well, uh, all the best of luck with the ride. Thank you. Uh, and uh, hope everything goes well and hope that uh, by the end of it uh, you're able to uh, put that uh, 
suicide survivors group together. Thank you. Yes. That's cool. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Okay. All right. Would you like to wrap this interview up with a song, Devin? Yeah, let's do that. What do we have? Matthew Goodband, Apparitions. All right. Say hello.
I haven't heard that song in a long time. Have I you ever? No, I can't really say that I am acquainted with Matthew Good, the uh, Matthew Good Band. Hmm. I should be. I guess you missed out. Yeah. I don't know if that was the 90s or the 2000s, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boy, did I ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's Canadian. We do have a song here. I think this is reaching way back by Lady Gaga, who also identified as having a mental illness. And uh, one of my favorites by her is uh, an old one called Poker, Poker Face.
So your experience there, Simon, of playing Lady Gaga mm-hmm. on the radio. Yeah, you, yeah. I never thought I would, I would ever see the day. Yeah, we never are lacking with, uh, 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 for new adventures or sure. anything like that, are we? Supposed to, supposed to go outside of our comfort zone, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this weekend, this coming weekend, is a field day for amateur radio operators, otherwise known as hams, in the uh, uh, mostly in North America. And um, to chat about that with us is a member of the uh, Peterborough Amateur Radio Club, Keith Smith. Hi, Keith. How are you? Hi, Devin. VA3HXC. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. Um, as opposed to VE3HXC, who is your mum. That is. <laughs> but that started out as my dad. Yes. My dad was VE3HXC, and then when he passed away, my mom had to change over the plates, and so she found out she couldn't do that, so she went and got her, uh, she got her ham license. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So now she's one of us. Yes. <laughs> one of the whack job, uh, you know, uh, gearheads, so. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, um, quite often when I say I'm a ham radio operator. A lot of people say, oh, CB, eh? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not CB. What's the difference between ham radio and CB? Well, CB radio is more of a convenience, you know, for truckers and various other people, especially, you know, they take a look at um, people with farms. It's a simple, easy way to get on the air is just buy the radio license. Um, but the problem there is that uh, people... Uh, are limited in the equipment that they use and the distance that they use and primarily using AM and there's a difference between AM and FM. Uh, ham radio operators take pride, I'm not saying the CBers don't, but it, they have, they're coming from it from a di- different perspective. Mm-hmm. They want to use, whereas ham radio is about the exploration and the adventure of, of finding out what you can do with radio and radio technology and uh, being able to contact people around the world. And one of the interesting things about that is that you have to get your license. You have to understand how radios work. You have to understand the rules, the regulations, and the laws, as well as the etiquette of being on the air. Um, there are many facets of radio, you know, especially in this day and age where technology is advancing incredibly, and how do you utilize that in terms of radio. But you also have the old school stuff going back to tubes, and making a radio receiver out of a piece of salt and uh, and uh, a, lemonade, uh, a lemon just to be able to power the thing. So there's all different sto- uh, stories that go on with that. But the radio amateur is out there primarily to explore what and how uh, they can do on the radio and the equipment. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and um, you can uh, become a ham as young as... Is it 12 now? I'm not even too sure, to be honest with you. As long as you can write the exam, as far as I know. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, what kind, I'm really curious. You said the laws. I mean, what can you, what can you do really wrong on the radio? I mean, what's, uh, what kind of laws 
could you break? Well, for instance, that in Canada is that uh, it is illegal to receive anything unless you have permission. So, you know, that's one of the things there is that you're only allowed to receive certain frequencies. So the ham radio operator is allowed to receive far greater uh, frequencies than the average person. However, you're still only allowed to receive certain frequencies. Another thing is that you're only allowed to uh, broadcast on certain power levels. For instance, the general uh, HF frequencies, uh, and without getting into the technical aspects of that, is that you're limited to 1,000 watts in Canada. Um, so that which means that you can just blast away these uh, signals around the world. But in uh, uh, VHF, 2 meters, etc., is that you're, only li you're limited to 50 watts to 100 watts. And I forget the exact uh, laws that are in there, uh, but primarily is that you should not step outside that. You're not allowed to use profanity. and amateur radio, you're not allowed to use, you're not allowed to broadcast music. It is for amateur use. You're not allowed to uh, use it for commercial purposes in any way, shape, or form. And these are some of the laws that are there. And because... Um, the laws aren't onerous, but it, a lot of them are common sense. But some of them are get get to be very technical in nature as well, too. But those are just some of the laws that you have to understand. That's very interesting. I, I don't imagine if you were to ask people who don't know a lot about this, uh, you know, do you think it's mostly about what you can send out or what you can receive? I never, I never would have guessed that it, that the laws would have been focused on what you receive or what frequencies you can actually listen to. That's yes. kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. And laws change, you know, from uh, one country to the next, so you also have to adhere to uh, the other country's laws as well. Hmm. When you're portable in, in their country too, eh? Yes, like exactly. <coughs> yeah. me. So if I travel yeah. down the United States, I have to adhere to the laws of the United States. But by, by convention, I'm allowed to broadcast uh, in the United States for, uh, for as long as I'm in there. How do you broadcast you got a mobile device what do you use how does it work well it's there's a radio and it's um it, it's it's like you know what we're listening to right now is that you know it's being broadcast over the airwaves there's a transmitter you know first of all is that there's several modes of transmission we're listening to what's called vox or voice or phone um that be able to broadcast the voice over the air but then there's another way to do that it's through cw which is which is using morse code which has got a far, far greater distance uh, to travel. Uh, sorry, you can reach farther uh, with uh, Morse code than you can by voice. Um, there's digital uh, broadcasts so that the voice gets uh, converted over into digital and then being able through a digital receiver and, and transmitter um, through the repeaters and then you could be able to broadcast a lot of that way and the other thing too is that when you go digital is that you can also utilize the internet so that you can transport over to local radio stations in a different country so the equipment there is primarily is that it's always a transmitter and there's always a receiver in uh, portable equipment that we utilize for two meters which is uh, a 140 uh, 140 megahertz area 140 to 140 8 megahertz, I forgot the exact frequencies there. Uh, we utilize that in our cars or uh, various portable uh, devices or uh, vehicles, I should say. And uh, what we do is that uh, there's a thing called simplex, which means that you transmit on one frequency and receive on one frequency. And the radio is called a transceiver, transmits and receives. Hmm. Uh, the other way to do that is that we use, utilize a thing called a trans uh, through a repeater. 
a repeater is a base station that you broadcast to on one frequency but receive on another. So that's what's called duplex. So, and the reason why you do that is that it has a greater power to be able to reach out on the broadcast, plus the fact you also have the, the transmitter at the, rece- at the repeater is a little bit better, so it has a better range. Hmm. That sounds really interesting. When, uh, when I was uh, uh, first a ham, or taking my exam in amateur radio, we had to do 12 uh, words a minute in Morse code, did you? I started out doing that, and I kept failing and failing and failing. I was also in high school, too, and I discovered uh, two things, actually three things. One, how to ditch school, uh, (laughs) but still stay in school, uh, and that was through sports, and the other one was girls. So, consequently, my mind started to get a little bit distracted. That sounds a lot like my high school experience. (laughs) I I think there's a few people out there like that. (laughs) But um, I grew up around equipment. Uh, My dad uh, was a ham. My my uncle was a ham. My aunt was a ham. Wow. And uh, my uncle was VE3EBZ. My dad was VE3HXC. And uh, the ham shack was right beside my bedroom, so I woke up in the morning listening to da 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 da, da. <laughs> and that's uh, CQ CQ CQ. Is anybody out there? And that's a call that radios, uh, radio hams use to, to uh, see if anybody's w- listening and would like to come back and talk to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, your dad was a ham, and now your mum is, and uh, mm-hmm. so it's uh, all in the family. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Uh huh. So what's it like? You talk to one person at a time or you're speaking to a whole frequency lots of people are listening to or how does depends that, how does it depends on the mode there's a thing that we do in the net called uh, the professional loafers net first thing in the morning it happens at 8 30 and that's on uh, two meters at 146.7 where what frequency are you now uh, oh BUI? Uh, it's bui now of uh, 146.895 i believe is the frequency yeah but um, a bunch of us at the club uh, get on the airways, and anybody else who wants to uh, dive in as well, too, get on the airways at 8.30 in the morning. And we have people coming up from Rochester, from Ohio. I think we've had a few coming in from uh, California as well. Um, Scotland. Uh, Scotland, yes. Yeah. And we all connect uh, first thing in the morning uh, on 8.30. And that's, um, that's a group talk, so that's what we call a net. Hmm. Um, the other one is uh, talking talking individually. So, like I said, you do a CQ. Uh, you can do that through Morse code. You pick a particular frequency, bands, and then you start scrolling through and broadcasting CQ. Uh, or you, uh, when you go onto phone, a voice, I uh, say, so this is VA3HXC. Is anybody listening? VA3HXC, is anybody listening? So you basically go looking for people to you talk to. You go yes. looking for people. And sometimes you would actually uh, set up for a... Uh, specific time and place with a particular person, or specific time and frequency uh, with a with a certain person, and a private it, chat. A private chat but outside. you know, anybody can listen in. Yeah. So it's uh, but it's, it's a one on one conversation with that. That's cool. Big and then line. it's a big part of life. <laughs> the other thing is that when you're doing something like that, is that this is where the the aspects of uh, ham radio come into play. You get to experiment with the different types of equipment. What can you do? How you can do that, etc. There's a thing called flea power, which is minimal amount of power, and one of that was one of the things that my uncle was into, VE3EBZ, and his greatest accomplishment was on 10 watts on a flea power, a QRP, uh, flea powered radio. He managed to talk 
the exact opposite of the Earth to a place called Pitcairn Island and talk to Mr. Christian. Pitcairn Island is where the mutant on the bounty, uh, the ship, the bounty uh, landed and the descendants of Mr. Christian who uh, started the started the uh, the uh, the mutiny? This is where they live to this day, and my uncle got to talk to the great 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 grandson of Fletcher Christian using ten watts, which is almost as much power as your cell phone, and halfway around the world. Cool. Repeater to repeater. No, no, just by utilizing a single single transmission. And by utilizing the proper transmission lines, by utilizing the proper uh, antenna, the the radio itself, uh, being able to tune all that stuff up. And this is back in the day when you didn't have tubes or computers. You had, oh, sorry, didn't have uh, computers or uh, solid-state stuff. Wow. You had tubes, and you had to know exactly how to build that radio right the first time. Yeah. And everything has to come in conjunction, tune up all the different aspects of the radio, and therefore being able to broadcast halfway around the world. Wow. Using, uh, being able to talk to somebody halfway around the world, you would most often have to make use of uh, our Earth's ionosphere. Yes. Go on. The um, signal bounces off your antenna and goes all the way up to the ionosphere and bounces off one of the layers up there and uh, heads back down and it all depends on how far uh, your signal got to go up there whether um, you know, it's the D layer or E or F um, which would be quite technical uh, talking astronomy but uh, and then it would come down and it would land on somebody else's antenna in Australia or Africa anywhere in Africa or wherever and um, yeah, so. But even uh, the, even taking a look at um, you know what happens with weather patterns and what the ion you have to study the ionosphere what it's doing and you have multiple bounces so it'll bounce off the ionosphere back to Earth back up to the ionosphere and so it may bounce quite a few times and then you have to be able to calculate how many bounces what the loss is and. Uh, how effective it's going to reach at the uh, far end. And without getting too technical, folks, the, we're talking about frequencies of waves of... of radio, radio, radio waves. waves. Yeah. So the, yeah. There is a, a thing called moon bounce that I would love to try, mm-hmm. where your signal really does bounce off the moon. How do we do that? We could... Uh, yeah, let's try it. How do we do it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you need a big landmass to do it on, don't you, Keith? Yeah. And the other thing is that the way a lot of people traditionally do is they take those uh, uh, big satellite uh, antennas, you know, the dishes, mm-hmm. and they broadcast that way. But you also have to be able to focus exactly because it's a, the move is, moon is a moving target, the earth is a moving target, everything is a moving target, and you have to be able to set that up in such a fashion, so that once you bounce it off, it'll ricochet back to a certain free, to a certain spot on the Earth. Well, if you uh, talk to a, or work with an astronomer, I mean, uh, they've got these telescopes that automatically follow. So you could probably set up a, a radio transmitter to a telescope auto mount, or just attach it to the telescope. Yeah, there's there's that ways would be like so that. So cool. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people that are that are doing that, but that's that's where some of the fun and like what Devlin was talking about, some of the fun of uh, being a ham operator. Let's try this. Let's try that. Experimenting all the time. Ham exactly. radio to the folks in space. Oh yes, a lot of the astronauts have uh, their radios up there, don't they? Keith? Yeah, they're. Uh, I think one of the requirements is to be a, uh, an astronaut is that you must be a ham operator as well. What? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's the best. All right, you're one step closer, Devin. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Now, there are a lot of people with uh, disabilities involved in ham radio, aren't there? Yes, there are. Yeah. It's a great equalizer. It is. Yes, it is. Um, I think uh, back uh, when we had the Mississauga train derailment, back in, what was that, 79? Yes. Yeah, there are a lot of us that were uh, um, kind of controlling the net uh, so that uh, the people that needed to talk got to talk. Uh, a lot of us uh, were people with disabilities that sat up for hours and hours. Mm -hmm. yeah. When Hurricane Andrew hit uh, down in Florida many years ago, um, most of the communications were knocked out. This is before the days of cell phones, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, but even the uh, telephone lines were uh, flooded and uh, and damaged. And there was uh, I, I I'm still trying to dig out the story, but the way it goes, it was told to me was that some ham operators took their radios and they put it into a truck and powered and powered the radio up by the truck. And because all the other communication was out, they were the only ones that are around. They broadcast by CW, by Morse code, to England to talk to the uh, Red Cross in Switzerland, who then relayed back their information to, to Washington. Wow. Yeah. And that was all because, you know, because a uh, pickup truck had a, uh, was when it was running, could provide the power for the radio. And believe it or not, Morse code, all the dots and dashes, can quite often get through uh, Static caused by poor weather conditions, whereas phone or vox or voice, whatever you want to call it, cannot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's amazing how much for granted we take uh, effective communication. Mm -hmm. When would the uh, flood hit here in Peterborough, we were the only form of, real form of communication. This is one of the great things about the net first thing in the morning, because you know we all check in. We, you know, I know we're playing with our toys, and uh, but th it has a real purpose behind it as well yeah we became the central point of communication for the city of Peterborough because the communication lines were down cell phone lines were not working well uh, telephone systems were working but the problem with the emergency situations was that they found the flaws in the communications of the, for the city of Peterborough for instance the city of Peterborough itself by by radio could not talk to the fire department who could not talk to the police department who could not talk to the ambulance who could not talk to the hospital so we came in as a central hub for the communications for all of these different services and during that course of that day we were on the air coordinating where the emergencies were were uh, truly needed what services were needed uh, to be able to dispatch, plus also taking a look at the Evanry Center when they evacuated the uh, the uh, retirement homes. Where did they go? Well, also too is that we also coordinated food. 
like you have hundreds of people mm -hmm. uh, and they didn't have food. Some of these people didn't have their meds. So we had to contact the hospital. We had to get special doctors in. And then we had to have special needs that came in. But everybody was working on different radio systems and communication systems. And then the weeks that followed, we were part of the uh, cleanup crew because all of the different fire departments and various services that came up, they were all operating on different frequencies and different modes as well. Mm -hmm. So the fire department that came out from Buffalo could not talk to the fire department that came down from Ottawa, who could not talk to the fire department in Peterborough. So we were out there um, being the central hub of all the communications. And with the, all the internet and cell phone equipment that there is today, still, if there's an earthquake or, uh, you know, anything, any natural disaster like that, um, the only thing that's available, at least for the first uh, few hours, is ham radio. Exactly. People think it's passe and that uh, sort of stuff now, but it is not. Well, it doesn't require electricity? Well, it does require electricity, but how do you get the electricity to it is a different story. Some of the gear is, uh, is powered by 12 volts, some of it is powered by 110 household voltage or uh, 240 in, in Europe. For instance, that there was a, uh, a priest in Haiti in the hills, and after the big earthquake is that he was the central hub for many of the locals because they were cut off from the rest of the world. And he broadcast, I think it was 5 watts, which is nothing, but he still was able to broadcast while he still had gas in his uh, vehicle and powered up the batteries. And he was able to get uh, services to these people stuck up in the hills and being able to locate uh, where they were. Mm -hmm. That sounds like an extremely important aspect of the solution to those, those uh, crisis situations. Oh, it is. I don't imagine many people in my generation or younger has any idea that that's what to do or how to communicate in a disaster. I don't think that we know how to use these tools. Like, it seems no, like... No, I'm... I, I would agree with you there, yes. So Field Day, which is coming up this weekend, is a wonderful demonstration of how ham radio works, and uh, anyone is invited to come down and have a look at it. Uh, Keith, do you want to talk a little bit about Field Day? Yeah, it's, uh, there's, uh, I think this year we have six stations there. Um, the whole thing about uh, Field Day is that you have to be self-sufficient for 24 hours and try to make as many contacts around the world as you possibly can in different modes, like we were talking about in digital or in uh, voice or by, by uh, Morse code. And the idea is that you have to show that you can be self-sufficient in and not reliance on the outside world. So there's these different stations that are set up, all the different antennas that are set up and being self-powered, either by solar or by motor generator. And during the course of the time, you broadcast and make contacts around the world. Now, it is a contest, so it's a, it's a chance for us radio guys to, uh, radio people, I should say, <laughs> to be able to play and enjoy the, uh, the uh, being gearheads and uh, techie geeks, but it, it does have at the at the core of it though. It does have a real purpose to it. It says if we are ever in a true emergency, we are able to do this, and here is how we're going to do that. So you put up the antenna in, in trees uh, and uh, on the lawn too. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. 
Huh. Where is it going to take place? It's going to be at uh, the park, and I just lost the name of it. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Newhall. Newhall Park, yes, yeah. down down just below uh, Lock 19. Lock and McKellar yes. Streets. And um, there's also food, so I'll be doing the barbecuing. Uh, there's uh, barbecue on uh, Saturday night, and I'll be making lunch and also breakfast on Sunday morning. Oh, nice. Yeah, so anyways, uh, people have to be fed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, that's that's my big contribution to the to field day. And when, uh, if people wanted to come and have a look, uh, what time would be good? Keith? Oh, anytime, anytime. Uh, we start setting up on Friday night and uh, hit the ground running, as it were, at six a.m. on Saturday morning. And, no, I think no, sorry, ten two, o'clock. Two, isn't it? Two in the afternoon. Uh, From two on Saturday. No, no, but they'll be testing the equipment. The official, oh, yes. the official start of the contest starts at uh, i think it's uh, two o'clock in the afternoon from uh, saturday until sunday, sunday afternoon. yes and we've been there rain shine yeah well no snow or sleet uh, yeah. hopefully well, you never know i just yeah. took the snow tires off i just whining sometimes oh, that's dear. a little too early yeah <laughs> oh my gosh but uh, the other thing is that i bring down i'm bringing down the rv as well so that uh, we have a, a club station if somebody wants to take a nap and uh, we can do that yeah. Um, we've had people wanting through, and it's like one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, just yeah, wow. just stopping by and just checking things out. What the heck are you guys doing? Yeah, <laughs> but the uh, my grandson was out there on the radio, and he had a chance to talk to somebody in Ohio, and cool. and uh, I forgot somewhere else too. So anybody has a chance to be able to try things out and ask a lot of questions. It's kind of like a pen pal. Have you got a few of those? Some folks that you talk to all the time. Pretty much. There's uh, people that we have uh, pretty much on a consistent basis, uh, especially on the net first thing in the morning. So we just wait for them, and uh, there's some gentle uh, ribbing that goes back and forth between you know the states and uh, up here in Canada and, and the way they talk. And they, gentle. Oh, very gentle, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Very gentle. No, no it's, it, even. No, but, it's, no, but it, it is very respectful because, you know, there, it is a, um, we try to be as professional as possible. But it is a camaraderie. Yeah, that's, fun. that's right. That's awesome. Have you met any of these people in person? Like because of the connection you made with radio? Oh, sure, yes. Uh, quite often. Like That's deliberately part- meeting them? Pardon me? Deliberately meeting them because you... No, are- just... Uh, well, there's... A, there, I, I met somebody in... Um, this is way... This is many years ago, but I met somebody in, uh, in Ohio cool. uh, through my dad's contact. And uh, I said, we'll be at this Denny's. And we showed up and... There we were, and uh, we didn't really have that much to talk about because we'd already talked about everything on the air. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure, yeah. yeah. But the other thing is that uh, we have license plates that uh, show uh, who we are. My license plate is uh, VA3HXC. Um, first of all, is that gives me a cheaper license plate, which I kind of enjoy. But also, too, that in uh, situations such as an emergency is that uh, we can also act as unofficial communication hubs. Yeah, and so is we that have part a, of the... Sorry, excuse me, continue. But that's 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 unofficial. Uh, So that's you know like uh, sometimes you know if if we you know ask the police or fire department says do you need a hand or would you like to have some uh, additional communications, and it's up to them because they're the ones that are officially in charge. However, you know if they want and need, I says yeah if you don't mind can you just sort of uh, broadcast out there and maybe let people know that there's a situation or car accident or fire or or what have you. So. So VA or VE signifies Canada. Three um, signifies Ontario. 
two is Quebec and four is Manitoba and so on and so on. And then we have either two or three letter um, calls, uh, like uh, Keith, as he says, is HXC, and I'm DEV, or as I like to call myself, Delta Echo Victor, because DEV, all of those letters sound so much the same. And we have quite a few hams in the area with disabilities, don't we, Keith? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get my license because of my disability. Uh, it was just one of those things where I grew up with ham radio, and it just, I just, I finally got it. Um, but it, it just uh, coincided with me being disabled. But there are uh, quite a, I'm gonna, there's a number of people who are. Uh, have uh, sight uh, challenges, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a great, great hobby to become involved with, and because it is such an equalizer, understanding the equipment, understanding how you're broadcasting, what you're broadcasting to, etc., uh, requires your brain, yeah, and not your body. And uh, as well as the astronauts, there are a few famous people that are. Hams, um, Barry Goldwater, the the one that uh, ran against uh, Lyndon uh, Johnson for mm-hmm. president, he was a ham. King Hussein of Jordan was a ham. Yes. Um, King. King Hussein. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Walter Cronkite was a ham radio operator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hatfield um, from space. From space, yeah. yes. Oh, that's As a matter of yeah. fact, he he broadcasts through space. And one of the things that anybody could have gone over to the Ontario Science Center, and as the spa- as the International Space Station was going across, they had a chance to be able to talk to Chris Hatfield up in space through the ham radio station that was at uh, the Ontario Pla- uh, Ontario loved, Ontario Science Center. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, time is uh, running away on us, so. Field Day is happening um, Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Yes. Or Friday night, unofficially. <laughs> well, be there will be a lot of work going on Friday yeah. night, so that uh, we won't be able to stop and talk, etc. But Saturday, we'll be definitely there, and we'll be able to talk about it. And if you want, stop by for a hamburger or a hot dog or a sausage, and yeah. I'll make it with uh, my extra love and care. <laughs> Uh, at New Hall Park at uh, Locke and McKellar Streets. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, wander on over and have a chat with us, and we'll show you what Ham Radio is all about. Thanks, Keith, for being with us. Well, you're more really than welcome. appreciate love, that. Love talking about it. We have a song here by a group, uh, I believe they're out of England, called The Ham Band. And it's called The Contest. Yeah. So Thank you very much, and uh, I guess we'll say goodbye. Yeah, take good care, folks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oscar Zanzibar 1, America Delta Lima, QRZ contest. Contest and no one in the world can beat us. We're busy getting ready for the final conquest. A lot of little plans to discuss. Just an hour to go before we start the show, and then it's 48 hours of hell. Although it's hard to explain why we put up with this pain, well, we do it again and again. We're gonna do it again. Thank you very much, Jeff. I'm
piling up. My friends are in the shack, but not a word is spoken. They're there to fill the coffee cups. The computer behaves and sends the log to the slaves, and the slaves send their logs back again. And so far, everything is working A-OK. It really looks as though we're going to win. I think we're going to win. Darkness falls and 10 and 15 die 20 meters in the busy band Info on the cluster helps us multiply Although the method may be underhand 24 hours gone and 24 hours to go And now we're really getting into our stride I'm glad we've got the choice of using synthesized voice It keeps us sounding like we're feeling no pain Not really feeling no pain Contest it with blue in the face Another 24 hours of keeping up this pace I don't want anyone to take my place And if we don't win, it'll be a big disgrace Your pipeline is on the plus one eight. In the wee small hours of the second day When the weariness is at its worst Suddenly it seems a silly game to play And does it really matter who comes first? And there's a bang on the door, which I couldn't ignore It's all the guys who were trying to sleep They said that it seemed like I was losing my steam And so they came to get me fighting again And now I'm fighting again The call and CQ contest to a blue in the face Another 18 hours of keeping up this pace I don't want anyone to take my place And if we don't win, it'll be a big disgrace The numbers we're exchanging But more multipliers must be found In a moment of stress I got mad, I confess Said some things to my wife I regret Heard the screech of her tires Now I'm in straits that are dire I guess she's gone up and left me again She's gone and left me again Colin CQ can't tattoo a blue in the face Another six hours of keeping up this pace I don't want anyone to take 